0: 3,
1: two, one. I think it's time that we start the conversation to silence the shame. Silence the shame. Si-
0: silence the shame. Silence is the difference between treatment or pain, life or death. Silence the shame. Speak up now and silence. 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 Silence the shame. What's up? What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Shanti Das. Welcome to the Silence and Shame podcast. I am so excited to be on these virtual and audio airways with y'all, again, spreading a good message around silence and shame as always. You know, it's an honor to to share this platform with my brother, Free the Vision, our co-host. How you doing, Free? I'm good, Shanti. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I can't complain. You know, got a little relaxation in for Labor Day. Got some beach mm-hmm. time in, which is always good for self-care. And I hope you all did the same or, or did something yes. in school or relaxing with the family. So, yeah, it's all good.
2: Yes, yes. I had a good and decent time with the family. Kind of was relaxed as well.
0: Nice, nice. Always a good thing. Well, without further ado, you know, we, we, we want to uh, make sure that we jump right into this. Um, this gentleman has has been on these airways with us before, and we're certainly grateful to have him back. Um, He is the Director of Partnerships for Black Men Heal, um, and we consider him a friend of the organization. Douglas, better known as Doug Reed, everybody. Welcome back to the show, Doug. Hey,
1: thank you, Shanti. I really appreciate it, and it's always a pleasure to come into this space.
0: Same, same here. It's always a pleasure to have you. And for those of you that may be listening to our conversation for the first time with us chatting, um, I first met Doug almost a year ago now, actually, that's pretty cool, uh, in New York City at our other brother in wellness event, um, Charlemagne the God, um, in partnership with iHeartMedia. Um, he did a fantastic uh, mental health panel and conference um, for his foundation. And so we're going to be back for year two. So I'm looking forward to that um, and all that we have to talk about. But we, we are we are doing these series of conversations, Doug, around healing in public and how people show up every day, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so much going on in the world and what you have to do to be able to show up in an authentic way. And particularly, you know, we talk a lot about Black men and healing, and of course, which is the name of your organization, Black Men Heal, um, that you work for. And especially black men. But I am excited about the shift in the narrative. I mean, we, we've heard, you know, everything about, you know, black men don't cry. They don't want to go to therapy. They don't want to get the support. Um, they have unhealthy coping habits and that sort of thing. But <clears throat> I certainly have seen a shift um, just in terms of, you know, even men in my own family and community and how they talk about mental health and wellness and how they show up and with the work uh, and the tour that you all have been doing. Um, my brother Lamar Rucker is on a tour, um, just still And then the work that the confess project does shout out to the confess project and all the work that they do in the barbershops and all these other incredible, um, organizations, um, that really focus on, um, men's mental, mental health and particularly black men's mental health. So I just want to start with asking you that question, you know, how have you seen the narrative shift? Cause you're on the front lines. You're doing yeah. this. You are on a tour, as you mentioned, Um, and and with particularly black men being more open to healing around mental health and wellness.
1: Yeah. Well, if I can just kind of go back, Shanti, from from the time we met, um, it was a a point in time at the uh, Mental Wealth uh, Expo. uh, Charlemagne had. It was on stage and uh, there was a point where all the brothers, uh, Jason Wilson, Ryan Mundy, all of them gave him his flowers, per se, you know, just speaking into his life. And I recall that. And I remember he got emotional and I got emotional. But I remember walking back backstage and you were the first person that I saw. And you said, brother, are you OK?
2: Mm.
1: And I was in tears. and I said, like, yes, I am. And my thought, I was, I, I was even thinking now, thanks for asking, but, and I was so emotional because I was just uh, grateful that he had, had, he was vulnerable at that point in time, you know, and that's how I was feeling. I was in tears because of, you know, just being grateful for that being exposed and men being able to show that. So, you know, I just wanted to go back because that to me, I mean, you don't know, or you didn't know how uh how important that was to me in our in our first meeting, so I wanted to thank you for that and give you your flowers for being there for me
0: oh thank just, you and, and i I appreciate the fact that you were vulnerable enough to even just be open and honest with me. that really was a powerful moment and those those are moments you know that just happen right and um it's like having God's presence to be able to support one another and and so it was my honor to be there for you,
1: yeah, so that just goes to you know, what we're doing on these, these kind of platforms, like it's okay not to be okay. Like our feelings are valid. Even, you know, uh, I know Dr. Alfie says, you know, feelings are valid sometimes in that accurate, but they're valid. So even more and more as, you know, I'm not a therapist and what happens is I've, I've been on this, this thing since, uh, George Floyd, the death of George Floyd becoming a, a, a member of black men heal and just understanding for me to set the example of, you know, my vulnerability, you know, my lived experiences and then being able to share that. And sometimes my emotions come out. And now what I'm saying is men gravitate to that because we as men think that we can't show emotions in certain points or we can't share because of the fear of how we looked upon. Like our families didn't talk about mental health and the uh, what happens uh, when you have certain you know, when you're, you know, you have, you know, suicide for one. You know, we we didn't talk about that or something that happened that, that wasn't talked about at the dinner table. No, more or less, anything that's talked about mental health wasn't discussed. And how dare we talk about any mental issue within our family on the outside? You know, so it's it's just a pleasure to actually be able to uh, actually be out here, being an advocate for, it, being able to talk about my lived experience and being able to talk to men. Uh, men are, we found that men want to be acknowledged. Men want to be recognized, men want to be heard, and they want the space to do it. Uh, And that's been one of the most powerful things that i found out even on this tour and everything that we do is men actually want to be heard. A lot of times I know, you know, people don't think
0: we want to be heard,
1: but we actually do.
0: So having said that, so did you find like, it was um, easy for you all to get men to come out to the tour? and to be supportive and and being open and sharing, or, you know, were they a little bit reluctant until they heard some other folks speak? Like how is that shift happening?
1: Yeah, the shift actually happened because the King's corner that we do is a virtual free space. We do every Sunday at 7 PM. So we've been doing it for the last two years. Uh, So that these men have been coming into this space. We're averaging 35 to 40 men come into this space. So With that, we decided to go on tour. So we decided to go on tour with the cities that these most of our men that are affiliated or the cities that we serve. You know, Black Men Heal actually provides uh, access to mental health treatment, psychoeducation and community resources of men of color by providing eight free sessions. So with that, we targeted the areas that we were serving and then men that actually come into the space. So when we came out to these spaces, we found out it was the opportunity to actually uh, have these conversations, but actually to, you know, like we were in COVID, like everybody wanted to be outside and, you know, we made the decision to go out and everybody was outside and they they were so grateful that we were there. I mean, the name of the tour is called black men need hugs, you know, and that registers with, with people just because that's the need that we find out. You know, we talk about the different types of hugs. We talk about the handshake. We talk about the head nod. I mean, we really, and even for us, what we're finding out, uh, even that the men that we're pulling, uh, we're finding out too, we need to pull in the younger generations. We're starting to break things down by generation. Men of my age come out, the baby boomers, they're coming out. We got the Gen X and we got, you know, other generations, but we really need to, to pull the Gen Z and the Gen Alphas out into these discussion. But it's always, there's always a, a tug, you know, because you got to pull men a little harder, uh, you know, than normal. You know, women support women. Men, is all they're always a, a harder tug in, in pulling them. But, you know, we're up for that that challenge. But we're finding out the more and more that we do it, the more and more we talk about it. And as we continue with the King's Corner Tour, you talk about some other people that's doing some amazing things on their tour. We're finding out in these spaces, men are starting to come out and support.
0: I love that. And, you know, it's all about consistency, to your point. You keep tugging, you keep putting the information out in the community. Um, That is what it's important. But that is what it's about, rather. And that's how you really, I think um get these folks to turn a corner um and get the men to really start opening up and sharing. You know, September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And I know Reggie, your co-host, um, you know, has done some work in terms of dealing with uh, inmates working in the federal prison system and, and and their attempted suicide. Have you seen that topic of suicide come up a lot in some of the tours that you're doing or just the work that you're doing and 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 how how do black men handle um You know, even just talking about, you know, the topic of suicide or even, you know, having attempted suicide.
1: Well, I'll go back a little bit because, you know, even as I I think about it, I think about myself. Have I ever considered suicide? And there was a point in my life that that thought came up, you know, no action, but the thought. I was actually going through a a divorce at the time. You know, with that divorce comes that depression, comes that ideation, comes that isolation all those things came to mind and I, I did have that thought. Is it better for me not to be here? You know, well, you know, everybody with that, um, you know.
0: Hey, hey, l- 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 let me just stop one second. How many of us, right, have had
1: that thought? That's real. That, Sante, and, and that's, it, it it is real, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I'll speak on the other ones, but I, I thought, yeah, there was a moment in my life that I, that that thought came to mind. You know, I didn't carry it out, but that thought, and that thought was, and even as I talked to these guys and I talked to Reds, you know, they just wanted the pain to go away. That's always been the main focus. They wanted the pain to go away. And I just thought again, too, I just had a, a friend, he was a police officer uh, in Philadelphia, committed
0: suicide. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Oh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. How long ago was that? That was probably about a couple months ago. And I, you, when was the last time you
1: had spoken to him before it had happened? We were all part of, uh, I was in the, the Army Reserves. Probably, it was probably about a year, you know, the, in the Army Reserves. And there there is, uh, you, you know how you're not really close-knit with people, but you do make that phone call to say, yeah. hey, what's going on? How you doing? Yeah. So it was about, probably about a year the last time I spoke to him. You know, and and even in our conversations, and that's why I think it's very important when men have conversations to really tell how they feel. Mm. That may be the deciding factor to get you over a hump or get you over situations. Because a lot of times, you know, you know, you know, know, let's say I call free. Hey, free, what's going on? What's happening? How you doing? Oh, I'm good. man. Everything's good. You know, family's good. I just but no. Is the question, how do you really feel?
2: Mm-hmm. Now
1: we start to get in depth about it, you know, and I think that makes a difference. So it was about like a year. And then, you know, same thing. It was a surprise. Like, you know, what happened? You know, every everybody wants to know what happened because he was you know, he was doing well in his life. But we, we never know because, you know, people are faced with so many different dilemmas and we handle it all all differently. But that voice to keep encouraging—that's why, you know, even what I do is always about encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. Because, you know, I, I know there's a a hashtag, "Be here tomorrow." You know, I, I want I want people to be here tomorrow because, you know, we love them. You know, so uh, and even working in the prison system—I mean, I worked in the prison system over 20 twenty years—and we dealt with—and I and I thank God for that system because we went through training. To really kind of identify, and you know, there's time periods, you know, around the holidays uh, that you know people that people are known to have these kind of thoughts, you know, uh, thinking about the situations as far as family family crisis are is a, another big one, and you know, being a law enforcement, that's another. I was just in Jersey City. Uh, mm-hmm. Just recently, talking to some gentlemen about uh, the suicide in, in Jersey City amongst law enforcement officers. Really? So the mm-hmm. need is actually there because, especially as men, then you talk about law enforcement. That is an area um, that's not discussed, you know. And and when you start talking about black men, that's mm-hmm. a whole other level because I think when you, you when you pair. You know, we talk, we think about the, these employee assistance programs. A lot of them, you know, they, it's not about the cultural competency. They may have somebody there, but when a black man is able to talk to another black man or woman about some of these thoughts, suicidal thoughts, I, I can't explain it, but I I know there's a different effect that it has versus somebody that that, that wasn't black.
0: Mm.
1: I um
2: I. Mm. First of all, those were great points. And I, I wanted to share this um, and I have a question that follows it, but something that I've implemented with my friends um, and specifically my male friends, because with women, you don't tend to have the same need to ask. But when I ask my male friends and I see, you know, like, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? I always follow it up with like, in no surface answers allowed. And whenever I would say that to them, I would get more of a honest experience like man to be honest you know this this and this is going on or honestly man everything is actually really good I'm doing but it makes them kind of elaborate um on whatever the answer will be so um that is something that I do implement with my um friends and I notice a difference um when I do that um and I was and that leads me to you know this whole concept of what we've been discussing is um healing in public and so I think that part of. As much as we don't want to admit it, sometimes as black men, part of a big thing for us is how we're viewed, whether it's inside of our households, whether it's amongst our peers. Sometimes you'll find even more so amongst our peers, you know, in the things that maybe be um, black. Black men have struggled with not knowing that it was acceptance that they were looking for or camaraderie or some kind of a connection to another guy that they might not have always felt. So they've gone through a variety of different measures to get it. Um, What would you maybe say um, based on what you've come across and the men that you've spoken to yourself as well? Are some tips for those who have to face things in public or show up in public when they're going through different things that may feel like I want to kind of be hidden about it. I don't want anybody to know shame, if you will, or even just a sense of like you'll often hear um, black men say, like, oh, man, I ain't going to complain because if I did, you know, who's going to listen like or, you know, there's nothing to complain about or I shouldn't complain or I can't complain. What do you say to those who are kind of looking to avoid the complaining or avoid seeming as if they have anything to discuss or complain about?
1: Yeah, I I think one of the most important things is um, we have to show up as ourselves. I mean, I I think even, you know, you talk about imposter syndrome in, in the workforce, but even within ourselves that we don't have to put on an act for anybody. You know, so we have to be true to ourselves. And one of the things, and that's why what I do is just being transparent in whatever space that I'm in. And there's a level of freedom that comes with that. You know I mean? Just like what you got. And I heard Shante on a couple different uh, social media just saying how she felt. You know, and what I'm finding is transparency is the key. But a man has to be true to himself to allow that freedom, you know, because what happens, just like I brought up, that next word, that next person, whoever that is that you may come across, is such a pivotal point because it may make a heck of a difference in your life or even what you're feeling. Because now when you're allowed to express it, you never know. They may say, you know what? I'm going through the exact same thing and I feel your pain. You know, so I think that transparency and that level of freedom actually allows it. And we have to be authentic. We have to be true to ourselves, that we don't have to put this mask on, you know, especially if you, if you know, if you worked in corporate America or even in law enforcement, you know, or positions that you're always putting on a mask because of how the public sees you. The public sees you as this strength or, or whatever, and you can still be strong being vulnerable. I know that's, you know, that, that may be abnormal to some, but for me, I don't think so. And and, and you guys are doing this platform, which you, which you do, you have the same feeling. You know how it comes out is true and authentic. And now with social media, uh, I, I think even with that is everybody's is picking up on it because people are being transparent about their real life. You know, those real life, those real lived experiences, uh, people are able to identify. So once we, you know, we come in ourselves. we, you know, even if Black men, uh, Black men heal, we say, if you heal a man from one himself, he heals his family, they heal the community, we heal one king at a time. So if a man can actually show that he's vulnerable with his family, can heal himself within, then he can go out in public. Anywhere he goes, he can be his authentic self.
0: I love that. Um, A great question for you, by the way. Thank you for that. Um, So that takes me into my next question. You you talked about the family. Why is it important for the overall family dynamic for Black men to heal and be able to deal with you know, life's challenges and stressors in a healthy and authentic way. I mean, because it really does have a trickle down effect on the rest of the family. So what, what do you have to say to that, in your opinion, and the work that y'all do with Black Men Hill?
1: I mean, what, you know, uh, a lot of men that I come, come across, uh, men are coming from single family homes. So the, the father wasn't there. You know, even for myself, my father wasn't well. My father got actually, my father got murdered when I was four years old. His friend shot him in the head because of. Oh, I'm
0: you know, so who, sorry to hear
1: that. Yeah, who was the oldest? So now we we talk about going through life with with pain, you know, and
0: that's traumatic for you. Oh my God, very
1: very much so. I mean, we, we can we can go on this conversation for a long time, and and this is like even me expressing that, like now just expressing it. Years ago, I couldn't express it like that. I would have just bust down in tears. I
0: understand. You
1: understand? So that's that healing process that we go through. Mm -hmm. You know, so families... That's
0: how you were healing in
1: public. (laughs) Come on. You know, (laughs) and and that's very, and it's very important. So we're finding out even within the the families. Once again, we're, we're, we're talking about a male kind of carrying this this thing of, you know, we we are strong within our families. You know, we are the patriarchs of our family and what we carry as far as strength. But then we have to understand our expression and how we express to our children and our, our loved ones. Our true expression, being authentic, makes a big difference on how we're actually perceived and how we're loved. So we're finding out that these men are, they're coming into our virtual free spaces. These men that are actually going through the eight free sessions, this, we're, we're finding out even that common denominator, we're finding out that it goes back to that childhood trauma, childhood trauma that happened in their family that nobody knew about, you know, and we're picking up on that. And they're expressing that through, of course, their therapy and their continued therapy. But that's one of the major things that we're finding out. And now they're, you know, what we're seeing now, It's okay not to be okay. It's okay that if you get into a platform that you can have this discussion in public and not worry about how you looked upon because there are so many people that you can change, make a difference in changing their lives by being transparent.
0: Boy, you dropping jewels over here.
1: I'm just, (laughs) I'm a vessel. I'm on assignment, Shanti. From a spiritual foundation, uh, I truly accept it the fact that i'm just on assignment
0: no doubt and and i mean you know it again is so many black men that are dealing with so much whether it's the trauma from their past you know trying to just live while being black right now and dealing with so many things that are against us in society um but again thanks to organizations like yourself um and so many other great groups you know there are a lot of resources out there what what's up and coming for the tour where do you guys head next?
1: Oh, wow, Santi, thanks for asking. Uh, we're actually going to Chicago. Uh, one of the things we're we're actually uh, looking to provide uh, free therapy in Chicago. So Chicago is our next stop, which is uh oh
0: wait, tell us about the free therapy. That's
1: awesome. Oh, well, you know, free therapy, black men heal. that's what we actually do. Uh, we actually give free therapy to black black men, uh, eight free sessions. We're actually doing it in New Jersey, uh New York, Delaware. Uh, Virginia, Maryland, uh, D.C. and North Carolina and, you know, uh, and actually Georgia. I'm sorry. Uh, how could I forget the ATL uh, and actually expanding to uh, Chicago as well?
0: And and do you what's the process like? Do people have to apply? Because I'm sure obviously there is a limited number of of um, clients you guys can support. How does that work?
1: Yeah, they can actually go. Uh, Instagram is actually our, our main social media page, but they can actually go to our website, uh, www.blackmanheal.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a tag on there to click, to click to, uh, ask for services for the free, pre, free therapy. So, you know, we're, we're going out to Chicago, uh, Saturday, October the 24th. We're actually teaming up with another organization, uh, that's similar to ours, uh, the man cave, um, more information is coming out this week in regards to that. And then we're coming back uh, October the 1st in Philadelphia, uh, which is home for us to do our, our Black Man Knee Hugs tour in Philadelphia. And then, uh, like I said, as things go forward, we're looking forward to doing the King's Corner session at the Black Mental Health uh, Expo in New York City. So we're <laughs> it's unbelievable because you know we're on the road. Like it, it's, it's actually a, a real tour. But it's a tour to make a difference in in men's lives, to be transparent and let them know that, you know, it's okay not to be okay, and and, and to voice exactly how you feel because your feelings are valid.
0: Congratulations. That's so wonderful. You guys are doing some really important work. That is fantastic. Well, we want to make sure you get us a flyer so we can promote that. Um, Free, did you have any final questions? Yeah. Um,
2: my background is a little loud, uh, so so forgive that. But no, I think that you guys are doing excellent work. And I think that, you know, what you're saying about showing up authentic, sometimes Black men have to be taught because we didn't see it. And also we're like raised that in a way that, you know, strength is what is the first foundation that might be kind of sewn into us. Um, And so I think that that's something that like really um, impacts the way that we approach all of our situations. Um, Sometimes the emotional decision is the right decision, but if we don't get the right to tap into those emotions, um, we don't know how to make those decisions. You know, we don't know how to like weigh that with emotion sometimes. So I think that that aspect um, is not only important. But the other factor, too, to what you guys are doing is it's my belief that people don't have a choice of whether or not they're going to heal in public. Like you're going to be forced to be in public. The, the choice of whether you heal is kind of like the thing that is going to be your decision. So, like, I, I really like what you guys are doing, um, specifically as a black man. And I know other friends of mine who are comfortable communicating that they need that.
1: Yeah, that that's major. Prea. I can only be honest. Uh, it it's took me 50 years. I just turned 59 the other day. Uh, so that's...
0: Okay, brother, you do not look 59, but go
1: ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so and that's why I'm so passionate about doing this because I, I think about these young men. I mean, you know, we can go on. You know, one we got a program with, with gun violence as well, uh, gun violence group therapy that's going on in Philadelphia. But there's so much that that's needed for our our communities and these young men, like, you know, older men, but the passion is for these young men to be able to see it, to identify and not carry that weight for years and years and years. I carried that weight on my back for 50 something years, man. And now that's why I say I'm just free, (laughs) free. (laughs) I'm just just free, man, to do, you know, just, just to be out here, just trying to, to make a difference and have an impact in people's lives.
0: Well, we certainly appreciate you. We, we appreciate Black Men Heal, the King's Corner Tour, Black Men Need Hugs Tour. Every, I mean, the King's Corner um, Support Group and the Black Men Need Hugs Tour. Make sure y'all check that out. Go to their website, Um, catch them in a market um, near you. Uh, it, it's just really a pleasure to watch everything that you've done. Um, we are going to collaborate um, again. Sorry that we weren't able to do anything when the tour came to Atlanta. I was just getting back in the country with a lot going on. But there's a lot of work to be done and, and we will collaborate and we will support you. Um, so just I wanted to publicly say that. Um, so just please know that um, we are truly grateful for for everything you're doing in the community. Again, this is Suicide Prevention Awareness Week, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Um, just, you know, men, Black men, men of color know that support is out there. Um, there's also, you know, just in the last month or so, we've seen the new uh, three digit code that's available to anyone who may be in crisis and having thoughts of suicide. Now you can call 988. You pick up your phone and hit just like you call 911. Something's going on. You can now call 988, which will directly connect you to mental health crisis services. Um, very similar to the 1-800-273-TALK number, which is the suicide prevention lifeline that is still also available and it's, you know, all connected. Um, with the same folks that are manning that. So again, um, if you are in crisis or having thoughts of suicide, make sure you call 1-800-273-TALK or you dial 988. If you're looking for free therapy, if you're a black man, um, consider reaching out to the good folks at Black Men Heal. Um, Just go on their website and check that out. How can we stay in touch with you, Doug, and and, um, personally on socials and, and give us, again, just information about the organization?
1: Yeah, um definitely black men heal and that's on you know those words black men heal on all social media uh platforms. Um you can reach me at uh, my Instagram page is Douglas uh underscore M Reed on Instagram, uh Douglas Reed on Facebook and Douglas Reed on LinkedIn. So uh all platforms, uh Douglas Reed. So uh always willing and able to uh communicate with the people and I'm like you and solve the shame. Let's yeah. the shame.
0: Keep it going. Free the vision, my co-host. Good brother. How can we stay in touch with you? And what do we need everybody to do?
2: Uh, You can follow me at Free the Vision everywhere. Uh, That's Free the Vision. Um, T-H-E. A lot of times people hear the vision. Um, And please follow us at Silence the Shame on Instagram, at Silence T H Shame on Facebook and Twitter. And then subscribe, share, comment, like, um, connect with us on this content. Let us know what you like to hear and what you think of this. And it helps us communicate with you guys. It keeps us in the open forum, which is what this is all for and about.
0: Absolutely. And we just want to let everyone know that on September 14th, Silence of Shame is hosting our second annual My Life is a Gift Suicide Prevention Awareness Summit. Um, If you're live in the A and want to attend, it's on the 14th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Again, it's free for the community. Visit our website, silenceandshame.com. But guess what? If you're in any other parts of the country or the world, it is also going to be live streamed and we will have um, a taped recording of it. So it'll be available afterwards on our YouTube page. So we want you to register, though, whether you're watching virtually or if you're in person. So again, it's free, free 99, free.com, as they say. So go to our website, please, and check that out um, and make sure you, you support our Suicide Prevention Awareness Summit for this month. Hopefully um, you guys are gonna enjoy it. We have the uh, rapper and singer Monalio, who I will be doing a fireside chat with. It's gonna feature Dr. Spirit, who is a local clinician here and so many other wonderful folks in the community that's doing this work every day. I am Shanti Das, uh, your host of the Silence and Shame podcast. You can follow me at Shanti Das 404, but more importantly, follow our organization. Also, we launched our Healing in Public season of giving. So we are a nonprofit, a 501c3. So if you find the goodness of your, in your heart to want to support the organization, and the work that we do, you can donate on our website um, clicking the, by clicking the donate button, or you can text the word silence, S-I-L-E-N-C-E, to 707070. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, our podcast episode today featuring Doug Reed, the Director of Partnerships for Black Men Heal. This is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month and Week. And as I always say, good people, make sure you take time, save a life, and silence the shame.